Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome again to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you in the studio with Pastor Craig Jarvis. Craig, we have a big question today, and um, I'll give a little context to it. Okay. This is one of those questions that we literally could preach five, seven, ten sermons on. Mm-hmm. And so if, let me say it this way, if you are listening to this and you want to be proven, uh, there is no 10 minute, 15 minute, whatever this is going to end up being a podcast episode that is going to um, put you over the edge. Our hope is to um, spring some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but also if you are a believer um, there are going to be some ideas that Craig and I share with you that uh, are true and you've never really thought of before. And um, if anything, these episodes are rarely ever the end all and be all of something. They're usually a catalytic conversation to push you to deeper thought, uh, to give you places to go. This is one of those questions. Uh, we're going to barely, barely skim the tip of the iceberg. All right. Is the resurrection historically verifiable? What say you, Craig Jarvis? Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, books and books are are written on this. And uh, as we said in one of our other episodes, um, if you do an honest look at the validity of an empty tomb and a resurrected person, uh, Jesus Christ, who did not die again, there are there is much more evidence to prove that he rose from the dead than there is to say that he didn't. In saying that, um, my guess is that some people will hopefully be prompted to maybe look a little deeper themselves in, into the different books and, and things that are provided so that they could do that. But here, here are a few things that I think we typically call us apologetics, things that we can look at and say, hey, according to these facts that occurred, it seems like um, a resurrection, a bodily resurrection occurred for Jesus Christ. One of the biggest ones that, I, that I've heard is that maybe he didn't die on the cross, maybe he just swooned. Um, so maybe when he was put into the tomb, he, uh, came back to life because of the cool of the tomb and, and, uh, got his way out of there. That actually is the, the, the one that is easiest to disprove, uh, because he got the living daylights beat out of him, um, by, by two different floggings that took place during that day. Pilate was trying to get rid of this guy and kind of beat it out of him so that he wouldn't have to crucify him. But ultimately he ended up having to do that because the crowd demanded it. And so he's put into the grave and I don't know about you, but you know, if you've been beaten horrifically and then wrapped up as a mummy and thrown into a tomb, it's very difficult to get your strength back and find your way out. You sound like you have personal experience with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, so that one, and, and you know, you've got people that are grabbing him at the foot of the cross that, you know, are validating the fact that he's dead and, and the Roman soldiers came along and they said, we're not going to break his legs cause he's dead. And his mother's right there. And then she, she would know he's dead. And I mean, that's the easiest one to disprove. Mm. Another one would be, um, everybody suffered a massive hallucination afterwards. Like they just yeah. wanted to see Jesus. So they did see Jesus. But whoever, whoever takes a bunch of hallucinogenic drugs and all sees the same exact thing. That's a problem. It's and he impossible. appeared to more than he appeared to several hundreds of people at the same time. Yeah. And so if it was a mass hallucination, even if you could pull that off with mushrooms or whatever you got in your pocket, yeah. um, not you, Michael, but let's just say, but just you. <laughs> you'd still have the the issue of the disciples and how much they changed afterwards. These guys abandoned Jesus like he was, you know, 
I'm thinking of all the b- bad terms here, but they, they ran away from Jesus when he was being crucified, when he was being tried. They, they abandoned him, including Peter, who said that he would be the never abandoned Jesus Christ. Um, they were just trying to get out of it. After Jesus rose from the dead, they change. They turn the world upside down with the message of the crucified Lord and mm-hmm. resurrection to the point where every one of them is beaten and killed themselves for the gospel. You mm-hmm. don't do that over a hallucination. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to cash in. Um, and somebody's, somebody's going to give up the, the goods. Uh, maybe they went to the wrong tomb on Easter. That's another one. Uh, again, that's, <laughs> that's a problem. Like, like maybe they all went to the wrong tomb. Hey, this tomb has been used. You, you got the problem because Mary, Mary would have went to the wrong tomb. Uh, even when Joseph of Arimathea's tomb wasn't subtle. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't like a little gravestone. It's the rich man who had a big tomb set aside the, for him. The one that I love the best is, is, uh, they, Peter and John, uh, you know, when Mary goes to the tomb, sees the tomb is empty. The gardener, she thinks it's gardener. It's really Jesus says, what, why are you weeping? That whole thing occurs. She goes to tell the disciples, well, that's the biggest problem. You don't want a woman in this day and age to, to be your main messenger of hope. Uh, you want to get the, the most prestigious person you can. Jesus, because of who he was and, and uh, how he loved, he counted on Mary and who she she loved him. So she goes and tells Peter and John, and then they go taken off. Like like the gentlemen they are, they don't console her. They just run. And they one beats the other, and they end up at the same place. So they all went to the wrong tomb. That, that, that just doesn't make any sense at all. So maybe they lied. Maybe they lied about the resurrection of the body. That's another problem because now you got Pilate or, or, or you've got Herod, I'm sorry, who is paying off his, his men. Um, no, uh, chief priest who paid off. I can't find that scripture. Anyway, I know what you're talking about. But yeah. I, I am is I am drawing a blank on that yeah, too. They're, so. so they're paying How the guards. How many pastors does it take to know the Bible? <laughs> I know <laughs> other but ones. They're paying the guards to lie, right? Yeah. And uh, they said just 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 tell them thieves stole the body. Um, and so and plus you got the rock around the tomb, and you would have to roll that away. There's just too much inconsistencies in all of these explanations as to explain that Jesus did not raise from the dead. There is too much evidence to say that he did. My favorite one, my favorite proof. This, this for me was like the deal breaker. Everything else. I was like, eh, that was good, Craig, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I forgot no. the verse. <laughs> no, 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 no. My favorite, <clears throat> not verse. It's actually like, this was the one that I was like, oh, it's gotta be true. His mother and two of his brothers believed him to be God. I mean, think about that. Oh yeah. And they were deniers beforehand. Right. Like they after the resurrection, Jude, who wrote the book of Jude, James, who wrote the book of James, Mary, who is Mary, all worshiped Jesus. That's insanity. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've wiped my kids' butts. There's no (laughs) world. There's no world where my children, I'm raising these kids. They're bickering and fighting. There is no world where you are going to get me to die for the sinlessness of my children. I have three older brothers. No, thank you. Uh, not dying for their sinlessness. Yeah. You know, um, they were convicted, convinced that Jesus, their brother, their son was God. Yeah. That's insanity. Totally. Uh, yeah. So the opponents were of, of Jesus Christ were confronted with all of these explanations but they still had the empty tomb and they couldn't argue that fact. Yeah. So the Romans discredited it. The Jews denied it. The Gnostics couldn't summon it, stomach it. So the Romans ended up mocking it. The Jews paid to cover it up and the Gnostics mysticized it. It's hard to look past it. 
you have a problem with an empty yep. tomb. If you want to deny Jesus as who he says he is, you yeah. have a problem on Easter morning. Yeah, there's a, there's an interesting dynamic in the conversation where someone will say, yeah, but that's the Bible. And they forget that, leave the notion of the Bible. The Bible is comprised of letters that are historically verifiable documents written by men to churches, right? So uh, this idea that because the Bible says it makes it automatically invalid is is actually kind of a ridiculous statement like the book of james is actually a historical piece of literature written by a man to a church jude same thing like this is an actual letter these aren't made up things that people just found and and put into a bible and i think sometimes you think of like um the mormon bible which clearly joseph smith (laughs) made up most of it you know people think that that's how the bible came together it's like no these are actual historical letters so when you actually read Paul writing to the church in Corinth. This is an actual historical letter from a from a pastor to a church about doctrine and theology and life and reality and church life together, you know? And so um it it's interesting how many people historically were able to actually just go to the grave and give everything uh in their conviction that there was a man named Jesus and he's alive and they believe that that dead man who was raised is fully God. Um, and then past that, there's uh, multiple points of historical reference that this idea of the resurrection wasn't made up in the second, third, or fourth century. Um, all over the place, you just see historically that this is one of the most verifiable instances in history, actually, which is um, incredibly encouraging. All right, Craig. So I, I just need to clear up. This is in uh, Matthew 28, if you want to look it up, verse, yeah, uh, starting at verse 11. This is where the guards were paid to say the lie. It was the Jewish leaders. Mm. Uh, that that told them uh, to say in verse 13, tell the people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if it comes to the governor's ears, we'll satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this lie has been spread among the Jews to this day. So that's in Matthew 20. So we're going to involve mm-hmm. both the Romans and the and the Jewish leaders. Yeah. I was going to give you the final word, but do you want to let that be the final word? Or do you want to give a final <laughs> just, word? Just, no, talk to take a moment and encourage Somebody saw this title. Yeah. They clicked on it and maybe they wanted to be convinced yep. or proven. Yep, yep, you yep. know, and um, our goal wasn't to convince or prove, but to more lay out like, no, there is actually uh, historical validity to the resurrection. It's not something people just made up. And, yep. and all of the objections historically, they're all just so easily refutable, right? The only real objection to the resurrection is I've never seen somebody raised from the dead. Yeah. So how could you tell me that somebody raised from the dead? Like that, that's really the only actual objection that bears weight. I I can't convince you of that, which you've never seen before. So uh, I'll tell you, it's because death is the lie that convinces us all. Mm. And Jesus came to do away with that lie. His resurrection from, from the dead did away with that lie. And he left us proof afterwards, 50 days afterwards. I mean, the change in the disciples, uh, the whole, the historical events that occurred, uh, the things that you cannot overlook, um, but ultimately it comes down to, you have to have faith in Jesus Christ and that Romans 10 passage. If you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him to the, from the dead, you shall be saved. And so I would say to those people, Michael, that if you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, I just can't get there, do what the disciples did when they lacked faith. They asked Jesus for more and they said, Jesus help our unbelief. And so I would tell you as, as uh, somebody that regularly prays for people, to enter into the kingdom of God and be followers of Jesus Christ. If you lack the faith to take that final step, prayer is a good place to start. Ask the Lord to help you in your unbelief, and you'll be surprised at the way that he opens your eyes 
and changes your way of thinking about these things uh, because that, quite frankly, that is life. And that's what he came to give us. Amen. I want to invite you back next time. And uh, we're going to answer the question, is the resurrection in the Old Testament? Mm-hmm.